This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer has finally announced his retirement. The oldest member of the nation's highest court, Breyer, one of three liberal justices left, served 27 years. Democrats had been urging him to retire while President Joe Biden remains in power and while their party holds a slim Senate majority. The president, in keeping with the campaign promise, said, quote, the person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity, and that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court, end of quote. Republicans and conservatives have jumped on the announcement, claiming that Biden is unfairly disqualifying whites and people of other races. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell warned Biden against nominating a, quote, radical. My guest is Dr. Judy Lubin. She is a researcher and expert on racial equity, social policy and public health. And she's a founder and president of the Center for Urban and Racial Equity and an adjunct professor at Howard University's Department of Sociology. Welcome to the program. Good to be here, Sonali. So first, what do you make of the fact that Biden very clearly said at the very outset that he would be nominating a very highly qualified black woman to the court? He spelled it out. Absolutely very important and significant that Biden made this commitment not only on the campaign trail, but reinforced this commitment to nominate a black woman over just the past few days. I think this is significant for a number of reasons. First, for almost uh, the entire history of the Supreme Court, the nominees and the justices have primarily been white men. And out of the 115 justices that have been on the court, there have not been a black woman. And so it's, it's long past due, overdue for a black woman to be nominated to the, to the court. And I think it's also significant because if we want to undo this legacy of systemic racism and and patriarchy, really, right, that says that women aren't fit to to, to lead and and serve and to make make decisions um, from the the Supreme Court, the the, the seat of the Supreme Court, it's time to undo, right, this legacy of of sexism and, and racism that we have to be explicit and intentional about undoing this legacy. And so with Biden making this public commitment and, and being really explicit in saying that I'm going to nominate a black woman, it's, 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 it's critically important, particularly at this moment in time where we're in this racial reckoning that's happening across this country where institutions and leaders are having to look internally and look across government at, at the history and the ways in which uh, systemic racism has shaped the history of these institutions. And so this is a moment, right, that Biden, you know, really um, had to show leadership around. And so it, it is important that he's said that he's going to be explicit in, in naming a, a black woman as, as the nominee. And that the only way that we undo systemic in, inequities is to be very intentional about how we undo those inequities. And so I, I, to Biden's credit, since he's been in office, he has been uh, filling uh, federal judge uh, seats, uh, many of the half of the seats at least, uh, with people of color, women, uh, uh, black folks, uh, uh, Latinos, Asian judges, right? Very critical so that we build that pipeline for higher courts 
uh, over time and so that we have a, a, a diverse pool of, of, of judges to select from in the future. Now, uh, Slate.com's Christina Cotarucci uh, wrote a piece entitled How Biden's Vow to Name a Black Woman to the Supreme Court Backfired. She says a campaign promise has needlessly tokenized future nominees. What do you make of this critique? Yeah, so again, I think uh, it's it's critical that we needed Biden to be explicit in making this commitment. I speak to a lot of organizational leaders uh, or leaders within companies and government agencies that say they want to diversify uh, their leadership ranks. And then they go through an interview process and they'll include some women, some people of color. And at the end of the day, the same pattern is repeated and uh, white men end up being selected. And so, and it's not because women and people of color are not qualified, it's because people are used to making the same decisions over and over again, and, and, it's a, it's a, it's, and they're comfortable with, with, with maintaining the status quo. And so if we really wanna shift the status quo, we have to be very specific and intentional about how we're going to do that. And so it's important that Biden said that he was going to nominate a black woman so he put he put himself, you know, he's essentially it, it saying seems he as, wants accountability, right? It seems he as though to me, the, the part of this that conservatives find objectionable, and we'll get to the specific objections that have been raised, is, is not the woman part of it, but the black woman part of it. Because Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump both clearly said that they would be nominating women to the Supreme Court when it came to be their turn that uh, there was a vacancy to fill and he didn't hear uh, conservatives um, being up in arms calling it an affirmative action hire or quota hire. Uh, the implication, of course, was that these conservative white presidents would likely nominate a white woman. I, I don't know if that's exactly true, but it's my speculation. I'm wondering what you think about it. Absolutely, right, that, that it is specifically that he's nominating a black woman, right? And so there's using terms like tokenism, affirmative action, suggesting that she's going to be unqualified. No one has been named. He hasn't nominated anyone yet, but you're already hearing the bias and the racism there, right? In, in, in the suggestions that uh, the person that's going to be nominated is going to be, is going to be unfit and is going to be uh, unqualified. So there is, there is something um, very specific, right, about that, 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 that is rowling up the conservatives um, in him and uh, in, in Biden saying that he's going to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. Right. And this is all part of a larger narrative, right? That uh, the right has been pushing for the past few years, but has really uh, brought to a, a whole other level just in the past year or two with the attacks on uh, critical race, race theory. This all feeds into this broader narrative that they're trying to paint and to suggest that white men are being oppressed by, by women and women of color and people of color uh, in particular. And so the specific naming of a black woman to be seated on the Supreme Court uh, for, for conservatives is, is, is fi as fire to the, the fuel of this false narrative that they're trying to push that, that white men are losing power in this country. And this is only, maybe this is the pinnacle, the example um, for them that this, this, this false idea that, that, that white men are losing uh, power and they're being uh, looked over as a result of, of people of color and women gaining access to institutions that have not represented them and that have systemically excluded them 
um, for far too long is now somehow uh, uh, threatening their own livelihood and their ability to, to survive. Let's actually look a little bit in depth at some of these critiques. It's quite amazing to hear conservatives say these things out loud. I feel like five, ten years ago, they wouldn't have felt able to or bold enough to say out loud what they were thinking. Senator Ted Cruz said, the fact that Biden's willing to make a promise at the outset that it must be a black woman, I got to say that's offensive. You know, black women are what, 6% of the U.S. population. He's saying to 94% of Americans, I don't give a damn about you. You are ineligible. And he said it's actually an insult to black women if he came and said, I'm going to put the best jurist on the, on the court and looked at a number of people and he ended up um, nominating a black woman. He could credibly say, OK, I'm nominating the person who's most qualified. He's not even pretending to say that he's saying if you're a white guy, tough luck. If you're a white woman, tough luck, tough luck. You don't qualify. So Ted Cruz is offended and insulted. And um, and then Mitch McConnell saying that, um, you know, it should be clear that Biden shouldn't uh, you know, he's warning Biden against picking a, quote, radical. This is Mitch McConnell, who has, of course, played a big part in shaping the current court in a very radical right wing manner. Right. Uh, there seems to be a lot of hypocrisy on the Republican side. Absolutely right. A lot of hypocrisy. And I, I would say I'm, I'm offended, right, that there hasn't been a black woman on the Supreme Court after uh, the, this, this long of length of time. Right. And so it's, it's complete, complete hypocrisy. Right. When they make nominations to the Supreme Court, they have a whole uh, a set of organizations and, and, and institutions and that solely focus on selecting judges that meet a particular uh, set of criteria for them. And so when Democrats say that they are looking for a candidate, and in this case, a, a, a black woman, um, that is going to, 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 to not only uh, bring representation that's long overdue, but potentially to bring a diversity of perspective and experience that is, is, is shaped by race and gender, um, as well as judicial experience, that is somehow offensive. And so we have to, you know, be really clear as to what, what's, what's going on here. And I think uh, Democrats uh, uh, can't be afraid of, of what the Republicans and conservatives are, are saying and what they're going to do, um, particularly with uh, the nomination once that individual is, is named, right? The time is, is long past for a black woman to be seated on, on the Supreme Court. And the beauty is that there is a pool of highly qualified uh, black women to, to fill the seat. And when people say that because there is this clear intention to nominate a black woman, nominate a person of color, that somehow that automatically equates to someone being unqualified, that's people showing their biases, right? That's folks showing that racism is, inform is informing their perspective. The fact that the, the insinuation, or the fact that the idea that a person of color or a woman is going to be, and or a woman, is going to be, uh, woman of color is going to be seated on the bench somehow automatically means that the best person isn't going to receive the, uh, is, is, is the best person isn't going to be uh, appointed, tells us 
you know, what they're thinking. And so it's, it's for us to be really clear about what sort of narrative is being um, put out there to particularly rile up the conservative base. Um, and, and, and that is all part of the strategy, right, that's been happening across uh, the country, right, attacking critical race theory, attacking um, the teaching of history that should make people uncomfortable, right? That's the only way we create change in this country is to confront the uncomfortable and inconvenient uh, truths and legacies of racism in this country, the uncomfortable and in inconvenient uh, truths of, 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 of patriarchy um, in this country. And this is an opportunity with the, the, the selection of the, the, the Supreme Court nominee to say that we are moving in a different direction. And that's why this is so critically important is that we are remaking our institutions. We have to be um, clear about the, the, the goal, right? Certainly for us at, at CURE, at the Center for Urban and Racial Equity, the way we undo systemic racism is to remake our institutions, to rebuild them, to center equity. And the only way we get to that is to be intentional and explicit in saying that we are going to put people in positions of power that have historically not been in positions of, of power because we don't get away from where we are now with such growth, inequity, and injustice if we maintain the status quo. Are you worried about the process, um, given that the Democrats have such a slim majority on the Senate, um, only by virtue of Kamala Harris's tie-breaking vote as the vice president, do they have it? And, you know, we've seen corporate Democrats like Joe Manchin of West Virginia, Kirsten Sinema of um, Arizona, side with Republicans on major issues this past year rather than their party, and making it very clear that they, you know, seem to be wanting to do the bidding more of Republicans. And also we know that Republicans are relentless when they fight. We saw with Obama's nomination of Merrick Garland and how Mitch McConnell prevented the president from exercising his right that, that McConnell would go to any lengths. So are you worried that Biden may not be able to do what he wants to do, even though it's fully within his rights and he technically has the political ducks lined up? Yeah, the reality is if given the slim majority in the Senate, and that is largely dependent on how cinema and, and mansion vote, there's always a, a bit of, of, of trepidation or, or worry. And uh, particularly so when we're looking at issues um, or that, that looking at issues and opportunities to really advance racial equity and justice, right? They seem to be, um, uh, uh, standing in the way, right? Very much so, particularly when we look at um, uh, voting rights and getting rid of the, the filibuster. And certainly in this particular instance with the Supreme Court uh, nomination, now Manchin has been hinting that he is supportive of the idea um, of, of, of nominating a black, black woman. Now, what we do need to worry about is is who gets actually nominated, right? Is, is does Biden end up choosing a nominee that he thinks is going to um, garner the support of cinema and, and Manchin and Republicans because um, the nominee has um, maybe taken positions in the past or decided on, decision, uh, decided on um, cases that have not been aligned with um, Demo Democratic 
principles and certainly um, racial equity uh, principles and 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 values. So that I think is is a concern, right? Is that um, the the moderate uh, wing of the party takes over, and then we don't get the candidate that uh, we want or the candidate that we need, right? And I think that's re really important when we talk about representation, getting someone in under the pres under a democratic president, but we want someone that's actually going to be pushing on the issues that's going to have a perspective um, that's going to be focused on or that, that, that their perspective is informed by a commitment to racial and economic justice. To, right. So you don't uh, want another Clarence Thomas, right. basically. Absolutely. Right. We want we want someone that 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 is bringing to their judicial uh, decisions and they have an ideological philosophy that is about advancing equity and moving this country forward. And that's about um, breaking down barriers. That's about undoing systemic inequities, protecting the uh, voting rights, uh, protecting the sovereignty of, of, of Native Americans and, and tribal uh, communities, LGBTQ people, uh, uh, immigrant rights. Um, and so we, we need someone who is going to really um, be a strong voice um, and take a strong stance as these cases come in, right? As many of them are coming in now um, because of the, the unfortunate success of conservatives in dismantling the gains of the past 40, and 40, 40 to 50 years right, that we're having these challenges, particularly around voting rights and, and other important issues that are about um, our, our humanity and our dignity, particularly for those of us who come from marginalized um, communities and, and backgrounds. And so we want a black woman uh, Supreme Court uh, nominee that is, that is, that is bringing that, that perspective. And we, we should mention, of course, that unfortunately, Breyer's um, departure, uh, even if uh, he ends up being replaced by somebody much more diverse and even possibly more progressive than him, unfortunately won't change the overall makeup of the Supreme Court. We're still looking at a court that would be made up of six conservatives and three liberals or maybe five conservatives, one centrist, and three liberals. In any case, conservatives will still remain the majority on the nation's highest court, the court that you know, adjudicates decisions that impact all Americans, whether we know it or not. Um, and so, of course, there's, there's the matter of um, the pressure on Biden to increase the number of justices on the court, et cetera. But, but we, we do have to remember that, right? Like, unfortunately, we're talking about holding the line, right? Not progressing. That's right. Holding the line, right? Holding the line with, with, with what we have and, and working, working with, with, with those judges that, um, that, are, that are already there. We're not, we're not shifting the balance, really. We're not shifting the balance of power. Um, uh, right now, and that's why this this is part of a, this has to be part of a larger project. Um, certainly, um, uh, really a strategy around building that pipeline and being very strategic around um, of, uh, which judges are are appointed, not just to um, to the Supreme Court, but the long uh, line and, and diverse opportunities across. Um, the federal federal courts, but also that this is a broader project in terms of changing policy, 
in terms of focusing on what's happening in the states, right? A lot of a lot of the battleground for um, racial equity and 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 justice is is happening in the states where um, Republicans control the legislatures, um, and and so this has to be a, a broader um, strategy around how we build the country that we want. Um, and, to, and, 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 and unfortunately, we're, pay, we're playing defense most of the time because conservatives are ahead of the game uh, in so many areas from uh, local to, um, to, to state politics. Well, I want to thank you so much, Dr. Lubin, for joining us today. Give out a website for the Center for Urban and Racial Equity. Yes, we are at urbanandracialequity.org. Oh, we post a link to that from our website. Thank you so much and good luck to you. Thank you so much, Sonali. Good to be with you. My guest has been Dr. Judy Lubin, researcher and expert on racial equity, social policy and public health, founder and president of the Center for Urban and Racial Equity and adjunct professor in Howard University's Department of Sociology. I'm Sonali Kohatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com by becoming a subscriber. Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Spotify and Apple Music and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Are You With Sonali.